0: this is drinking with the gnome i'm the gnarly gnome you know me as the guy that talks about beer but the truth is i like to drink other stuff also like i like to drink pretty much everything that is possibly able to be drank so this show is about all of that other stuff that i do drink and and what it means to cincinnati's drinking culture um this episode is a little bit more comfortable if you aren't uh, ready to venture fully out of your beer world yet? Uh, this is about Cartridge Brewing Company, but not their beer and not even their food. This is about their cocktail program, which I think is just fantastic. So uh, hang in there. This is a little bit of an older recording because I'm really bad at getting things done. I'm sorry. Um, their cocktail, the actual cocktails that you're hearing in this are still available right now. Um, But they'll probably be changing soon because they change seasonally and uh, I can't get podcasts evidently done seasonally. I'm I'm that terrible. (laughs) I promise that I'm working on it. We will be better. Um, So thanks for listening. Again, this is Drinking with the Gnome. Uh, Here we go. Cartridge. So, cartridge brewing... um if you guys don't know about these folks here, um, if you do, number one, if you don't subscribe to Cincy Brewcast, my other podcast, go subscribe to that because we did an entire show about who they are here, why they're here, what they do, why they do it, all of that stuff. We dove in deep, and um, it's a great show. So go you know, go back and listen to that one so that you understand the the I want to say the main side of who you guys are, and that's the, you know the beer and then the food. However you have this other side that I I don't know that a lot of people understand it even exists and that's your, your cocktail program. Um, I think that maybe when people sit down and grab the menu, then they see it, they're like, Oh, <laughs> there's, there's, there's more to this than just what I, I might've thought before. Um, let's, let's start with, you know, kind of why go so all encompassing? Is it, um, you know, it's it's the more you complicate it, the more it can go wrong, the more uh, the more opportunities for chaos, which we've talked about a lot before we fired up the microphones, the chaos in life. It enables opportunities for chaos. Why wh- why go so big?
1: I, I think from a strategic level and, and I'll just talk up there and then, and then Lindsay and Sarah can definitely fill in more of the operational was you know and we said this in the other show and i'm going to say it a million times cincinnati is it, it, to us it's the greatest beer city in the world mm-hmm. right you know maybe not world but it's great well, it's in, in the world. In yeah yeah <laughs> but it's great in the united states right but but it's a sleeper to everybody else and so you know to open up a brewery in 2020 right to start planning the brewery in 2017 a lot of things changed. And one of those was what is the model of a brewery? You know, many people were, it's a tap room and many people were, it's no food or it's right. an outside vendor or whatever. And so by the time we got to, holy crap, we have to figure this out. Um, we just fully went into the old school brew pub model. And I, I think for many years, the brewers association went become a regional, become a regional, become mm-hmm. a regional. And then, Mad Tree happens, Rheingeist happens, and, and with a lot of hard work and effort, they get to where they are, right? And then all of a sudden, the Brewers Association goes, "Oh crap! Not all of you can become regionals." Open a tap room, open a tap room, okay? Tap rooms pop up all over the city, but now you're getting grown adults that go to places and there's no food, and you <laughs> might drink two beers, three beers, depending on the average ABV, right? Depending on right. if you're driving or not, right? Responsibility here and. And then suddenly became this hybrid food model and all this stuff. And so we were like, no, we just want to control it all. We want to control the guest experience. And part of that guest experience for us was we absolutely love beer. We were a brewery, but that should not lessen someone's experience of coming to cartridge. If they don't like beer, they can't drink beer or they enjoy other spirits or alcoholic beverages. So because of that, we
0: chose to also have a very curated cocktail program and wine program. Let's talk about this first cocktail that's sitting in front of me, teasing me. Um, you said this was the 1890? Correct, yes. Um, tell me a little bit about inspiration behind it. I mean, when I look at the cocktail list, there's definitely, um, there is a theme to several of them where they kind of kind of harken back to some traditional cocktails, but mm-hmm. then kind of put a spin on them. Right. Um This is very (laughs) margarita-like.
2: Exactly. So I think, um, you know, everybody has a margarita on their menu. And I wanted to do something in that realm and use tequila in a way. Uh, So we had, you know, options of spirits, not just a very vodka menu or just bourbon. Um, Something for everybody, just like if we're going to do cocktails, let's have one for everybody. Some people don't like tequila. Some people don't like bourbon. So this one being tequila was just kind of a way to do a margarita thing but make it seasonal. So the first one we did was a plum cinnamon. Um, and that was in the fall. That one was really nice or I'm sorry, that one was pear. This one is plum. So switching up the fruits, we will probably always keep the 1890, um, with the Espelon Reposado and change out the fruit, um, simple, um, so that it is, you know, the summertime might be a strawberry mint. It could be a blueberry lemon, um, kind of whatever works and whatever we kind of decide that we like the best. Um, I think this one appeals to people that like tequila as well as people that like sweeter drinks. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, think I feel it, like
0: it's it's one of those cocktails. That, you know, tequila. I think is uh, a spirit that you know you have people that are just nuts about it, absolutely love it, and you get other people that no, I you know this happens when I have tequila, right? <laughs> and uh, you know, a cocktail like this, I think, can kind of ease some of those people that maybe are a little afraid of tequila because of a bad experience or whatever into it. You know, if you put this in front of somebody and don't tell them that it's a tequila based cocktail, you know, they might not no. And then when you really start diving in and talking about it and you get that, you know, that earthy kind of round tequila note in there and it's definitely there and it works really well with that plum. And, um, it's, it's a beautiful cocktail. Yeah.
2: Plums are one of my favorite fruits. Um, and I honestly don't know that I've ever had a cocktail with plum. So it was kind of a, we'll see what happens. Right, And I tried a bunch of other ones, um, with the cinnamon. I'm like, I feel like this is good. Can somebody else taste this and tell me if it's just because I like plums and everybody was kind of like, yeah, it's good. It's different, but
0: well, it hits on on kind of you know. I'm a very seasonal drinker. You know, I like I when it's sunny outside, I drink very differently than when it's you know rainy like today. Um, this kind of hits both of those those situations for me though. If it's kind of a crappy day where you're sitting inside looking out the window and you know being grumpy about it being nasty outside, this has some of those big kind of like round flavors that just kind of you can just sit there and sip at it. If it's sunny outside and you want to sit outside and you know kind of knock a few drinks back, this goes down real easy and it's fruity and it's you know
2: it's just it's a
0: really great drink. Yeah, I, I mean
2: we'll always find an excuse to drink, right? It's nice out, let's have a drink. It's bad out, let's have a drink. Exactly, you know this one works for both.
0: <laughs> uh, when you guys are trying to develop an idea for a cocktail how do you how do you come up with that who is the the person that says hey, we we should try this is it a collaborative effort where does it start
3: i think there was collaboration or focus that like as sarah mentioned we wanted different spirits utilized and then sarah brought a tremendous wealth of knowledge from her experience in the restaurant industry of you notice we have a lot of watershed products and she has a great relationship with the rep and we i think are a pretty significant top seller in the area of Watershed now at this point. And I think that was a big part of like the idea of the cocktail. And then we would kind of join forces on what we thought would make sense in the area. And then in terms of like the naming piece that would kind of lead the more creative branding side, because they all tie into the history or the emphasis on that we were, you know, clearly a cartridge site that supported this. So this is the 1890, which is the year that the big explosion happened here. So it seemed really fitting for a tequila cocktail to be like the, you know, hits you all of a sudden, boom. And I will tell you a couple of those, you will have that like boom moment in a good way, but uh, it, it, it seemed appropriate for that one. Do you,
0: do you find that it's hard to the people that come in here that are coming in here f- for beer? They're coming in here for this type of experience. Do you and, and maybe you just kind of can keep it separate and not not really kind of push people into stuff? But do you find them embracing kind of the the cocktail side, or do you find people like, oh, this I, is this is ridiculous—a place with cocktails. I think that. Uh most of the time they're pleasantly surprised
1: mm-hmm. by it. You know, we started obviously with a, a very well-rounded cocktail program and we started with a, a a bigger wine program. We've pared it down a little bit and become a little bit more specific with varietals and things like that. Mm-hmm. But when looking at some of um, like the single barrel bourbons we've been able to pull and things like that, we are in and it's a horrible saying, but we're in the consumption business, not the collection business. Right. And so like when we price things here, we're pricing for them to be sold. So we've had multiple like men's groups or even like husbands and wives that come in and she is very pleasantly surprised that we have a very curated wine list, right? He is pleasantly surprised. He can get a very good bourbon for a very fair price and then drink two beers. Right. So, when looking at it from an experience perspective, I would rather have surprised and then, you know, like, wow, we had a great time and I hit all these notes right, right while we were there versus uh, having to, you know, convince somebody to have a cocktail. I, th- I right. think they naturally go, and I think being a full fledged brew pub, we lead to that you can start with a cocktail. I mean hell, I don't care if you finish with a cocktail, right? <laughs> but like I think that's f- what
3: we do, and I think that's what a lot of people do. If like we go out to eat, we'll normally like start with a cocktail and then we'll pivot if it's to wine or to beer as like the food or experience goes on. So I think we offer that to people. I mean Sarah can speak on to what we see the most in the tap room.
2: You know, like Kyle said, people are pleasantly surprised. Um they kind of go, Oh, you have so many cocktails, not just like a vodka soda or a rum and coke where we're like, yeah, we have five liquors, one vodka, one rum, one gin. Um, You know, I took time picking out the actual spirits that we use. And Lindsay mentioned Watershed. Watershed is a distillery out of Columbus um, for people who aren't familiar with that. And I developed a relationship with a rep at the place I worked prior to here and knew that I wanted to use those products and bring her on board. I can honestly say I didn't know it was, they were going to be as successful as they are. Right. I mean, we're going through a case of vodka a week for a brewery well, it's, it's and that's a lot. lot of vodka. It's really strange Like when you when yeah. you
0: go to, and I'll, we'll just say a restaurant, and you go and you, you you grab a beer, like it's very clear where that beer is from. You know, is it local, is it not? What, what type of product is it? Like it's, all that is, is, is very in your face. Whereas right. on the liquor side of things, it never really is. People, you know, just oh, you know, I'll have this cocktail with some kind of some kind of vodka in it. I don't, right. you know, it doesn't matter what yeah. it is. It's whatever they decide to put in there. And we're starting to see that shift a little bit, where not only are places being really thoughtful about what they're 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 putting in there, but they're communicating it with their customers. And, the, and customers get that because they've they've been in this world for how long now, where it's right. been important with everything else. It, it's you know. We're primed for that to work its way into the cocktail yeah, world. Right.
2: I mean, you know, for instance, Watershed, we use Watershed Vodka in a few of our cocktails. It's also our house pour. And if somebody orders Tito's and we mention Watershed, they're like, oh, it's local. It's Columbus. Yes, I'll yeah. try it. Um, nothing wrong with Tito's. Me personally, I'd rather support somebody that's an hour and a half away that I have a good relationship with, somebody who actually works for that company. Right. Um, but people like knowledge. So, they like to know why you picked this and, you know, let's be honest, I pick things on here that I liked and then let's see how they work for everybody mm-hmm. else. So, right. if you say the things that teach people, hey, I like this wine because it's from so and so and we've been there before and it's a cool place, people are way more apt to like buy that. Then you're just like, oh, well, yeah, this is the vodka we serve and there you go. Right. So it's, it's, it's easy. It's just like food and beer, you know, it right. just kind of works the same way.
0: Speaking of food, when you kind of, when you take a place like this with all of these different parts of it kind of moving and all being extremely important to what makes this place what it is, how do you find ways that they complement each other? How do you find ways that they can kind of work together? Um, especially when you're talking cocktails, there. I mean, it's a little, it's a little tiny meal in a glass. Like it's got all these different flavors that are, you know, playing with each other. I think in a very different way than than beer does. It's you know, it it, it kind of works with the kitchen in my mind.
3: <laughs> right.
2: I, I mean, say. they have to complement each other. I would say a lot of our cocktails are super kind of fruity and refreshing, and we do a lot of like smoked meats, which might not sound like it kind of always goes together but I think they complement each other well you've got the fruity things the lime infused the fresh you know sour and sweet fruits to cut some of the spice that we use um, so I think that way it works out well and I think you know charcuterie boards I think a lot of our drinks work with just kind of a intro into the rest of the meal mm-hmm. um, nothing is so off the wall that you couldn't have it with pretty much anything on the menu and that's kind of what we wanted to do, that they can kind of all go with anything a little bit. Right. Yeah.
1: I mean, if you want to come in here and have, you know, a, a single or, you know, single pour bourbon, like the, the flavor profile in, in a very specific spirit forward drink, right? Like meaning just straight up mm-hmm. might not go with everything, but you know, if you're going to get the old fashioned or you're going to get the 1890 or any of them and you want to sit down and then do like, the the sausage trio we have that's you know grilled right then and there it's it's eckerlin's homemade sausage right right from downtown so another local purveyor you know yeah it's going to go with most of the cocktails depending on what your flavor profile is i think you know when looking at how we develop the food menu or how do we develop the cocktail or even the wine program it was where are flavor profiles that we need right even with like Beers, right? Obviously, you know, we talked at length on the previous podcast, but like, I'm really happy to say, you know, as of right now, whenever this gets released, you know, we have 20 beers on tap and we're a brew pub and they cover a wide range and spectrum of flavors. So we're trying to hit, you know, something for everyone and, and try to hit a very balanced flavor profile. And I think we've approached that with cocktails or food, um, I mean, I would love to have some crazy cocktails too because they probably sell awesome. But at the end, I think if we can find ones that are are slight tweaks or riffs off of that's our version of a margarita. It's mm-hmm. not a margarita, if you, but
3: it's but our I think version. that are like because it is our version, it surprises people because you were, you know, it's quite the savant to realize that was our version of a margarita because <laughs> I think a lot of people read our menu and don't associate that. They're like, oh, it's tequila or whatnot, but once. Our staff, I think does a great job of communicating with our guests that I always tell people like get that drink because I'm not normally a tequila drinker but that is our version of like a, like the one we had previously was very much like a fall float. Like this is like our spring margarita Uh and then we'll have our summer version that goes along with it and I think that's fun for people. Mm -hmm. And I think we also realize too that as much as we are a brewery and that's like our focus, but there's like we want to be able for people to come in and have a great experience and hang out, and by having beer, wine, and liquor, like everybody can choose their own adventure,
0: so to speak. Well, it also like there's those nights where I just kind of want a cocktail. Yeah, I was like, go do you somewhere not? And yeah, I I'm sure you I mean
3: you're the gnarly gnome and you only ever drink beer. Isn't that required, <laughs> right? But like it's. <laughs>
0: It's nice that like if you know if I if I live right up the hill yep. and this is my spot that I go to I don't have to find another place to go yep. get that cocktail or to get a glass of wine if that's you know or you, you have you have company over and you know you have some goofy couple that are like oh no we don't really drink beer we're, we're wine drinkers you know okay well, well it's all right yep. <laughs> you know yeah. we, you can still enjoy yourself at this place that this is this is my spot this is my yep. my, my comfort place and uh it opens it up to more people Mm
2: -hmm. right i mean we have families that come in three times a week and i don't know if the entire family would come in three times a week if we only served beer or if we only served bourbon Mm -hmm. [3] it might not become the destination spot for a family um just like a restaurant that's not a brewery that serves beer wine and liquor you know everybody has an option so it's opening it up to become your weekend spot a place with the guys or the girls Cause girls drink beer too in case people didn't know that yeah. some people don't know that still um and also to come with the whole family because mm-hmm. dad wants a glass of wine and mom wants a beer you right. know it doesn't always go the way kind of we think it does but they switch off during the week I, and drink I, I, different I learned things. very
1: quickly like you know because everyone throws here right everyone is is really in the trenches especially on a busy friday or saturday and I learned very quickly never to assume who was drinking what when I pulled it from the past. because like I'm not gonna lie, you go up and you pull like our fuse, which is our fruited beer, and you pull like an old fashioned, and like in your mind you're like, oh, I got this with that two top, <laughs> right. and like, no, you do not.
2: Just kidding. No, yeah.
1: not at all. The dude wanted the fruited beer and wife was slamming down old fashions. It's and I'm the like, same with
2: the food. It's like, don't assume that no. the the wife got the arugula salad. Oh no, she got the rib the dad, plate. Yeah. And you're like, just kidding. I knew that. Yeah. Rack of ribs. Yeah. 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 Yep.
1: Uh, so now it's like, I have this for
0: the table. So anybody mm-hmm. that wants to claim this, please take this. I'm not judging at all. Yeah. Just, yeah. Well, it's, it's one of those, I mean, that's a really big topic that, you know, Craft beer has had some problems over oh, yes. over the years. Uh, you know, lots of different problems, but one <laughs> of them being, you know, being friendly to women. Mm-hmm. Too, you know, when you walk in, just you know, you order a double IPA. Are you sure that's what you want? It's a little hoppy. It's a little bit, and it's like I ordered it. You know, <laughs> like yeah. it's and and that doesn't yeah. happen to a man who walks up to the bar and says, "I'll take the double IPA." They just pour it for you, and right? It's.
2: I Meantime. time, yeah, it's big changing, topic. it's getting it's, a lot better, but I mean, it's, you know, still kind of a thing in it, some places. It's, it's definitely a thing. Yeah.
1: I think, uh, I think hiring a, a very well experienced tenured staff greatly helped get ahead of that. Right. And I think also setting a tone from leadership, you know, GM, female, assistant GM, female, you know, primarily our kitchen crew is male. That's just how it went. But, I mean I'm very happy to say that our brewing staff right. as of today is 50% female. Mm-hmm. Right? That that the last Pink Boots event we sent four of us four or five staff members five, member, five mm-hmm. staff members four yeah that I mean that's a large amount of you know we're committed we, we purchased the membership form we want them to be actively involved right like and and it, whether it's Pink Boots or Rubber Boots right either mm-hmm. organization but to say that we have a full-time seller person that is killing it as female. We have another part-time female who also is a Cincinnati state student. So she's doing her co-op or right. uh, internship here. Right. Um, you know, it, it, it was a no brainer because whether you're male or female, like we saw passion behind this person. I mean, we, we saw like a genuine love for making beer and a love for like wanting to move in the industry. So it's like, we should celebrate that. I
0: mean, whoever that is. You guys also have a really great opportunity here with this. The fact that it's a brew pub and it has these different sides of the personality. Maybe somebody gets a job here just because they are working at a restaurant. Maybe they they are a bar person and they get a job here. You know, they want to dive into the cocktails and want to help you guys Mm -hmm. with your cocktail program. Well, then then they're still around this and maybe something clicks there and they're like, oh my God, I... I want to get into that. That's essentially kind I mean, of what it, happened. That's With, literally what mm-hmm. happened. Like, I'm, I don't, yeah. I'm like, did
1: we tell him this yeah. story? <laughs> like,
0: this feels very, no, like. But it opens it opens up the door for, for more people who maybe mm-hmm. um, didn't think craft beer was friendly to, to their gender to, mm-hmm. uh, to, to have that chance to kind of explore it and dive in.
2: I mean, that's so true in any aspect because, you know, I've hired people in the front of house that didn't work out. Um, but I liked them, and they were a good person. They wanted to work hard, and they liked cartridge. Right. Um, and then they end up working in the kitchen. I would much rather keep someone on our team in the building with us that we've trained, that knows us, that knows our standards already, and find the place find that they strength. work the best. Yeah. I'm not going to force you to do a job you don't want to do, but I want to keep you. So, like, where can we utilize you the best? It's beneficial for everyone, and you're happy. Right. I don't want you to work here if you don't like the job you're doing. So that has been a thing that's happened on mm-hmm. all the front, the back and the brewery where we've kind of mixed up people a few times and it's working. Which is, so.
1: which is kind of insane. Cause yeah. it's not like we have 20 divisions here. Well, I mean, we and we've only been open house, for
3: five months. Five months. So. Yeah. I
1: mean, yeah. front of house, back of house brewing right now. Brewing obviously is, is we're a 15 barrel system. We're a brew pub. We can only hire so many people right. on the brewing team. Now, if you're a server or a server's or sister or somebody and you're just like, Hey, you're canning. Can I come help? Sure, I love free labor. Like, if you want to come in and help and learn how it is and just dip your toe in that like that pond right there and, right. and see if you like it, that's great, right? And but I think we're also opening people's eyes to like, you know, Sarah said like we had some people out front that just weren't going to work out, and we they have a much better fit in the kitchen, and they're going to stick around, <laughs> and now they're loyal, right? Right? And and so um, I think. You know our turnover, and, and I credit Sarah with this. Our turnover has been extremely low, even in the middle of COVID.
0: Um, that we've been we've been very lucky. At the end of COVID, we're at the end of COVID. I know. On. I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Got to put that out into I the know. universe. <laughs> is this the old-fashioned? The GMP. Is, GMP old-fashioned. Fashion. Old what's yes. what's GMP?
3: That would be Gershom Moore Peters, and his lovely picture is in our dining room. Um, so Peters' cartridge is because of Gershom Moore Peters. So he was the founder of this business and the creator of the automatic loading cartridge machine, which was kind of the claim to fame that made this business as successful as it was. So it was important for us to weave in, like we said, the kind of the history and the story that goes along with what we do.
0: That's, that's awesome too. I mean, it's, it's an old fact. fashioned, it yep. is, it, this is, this is um, super traditional, it fits with the feel of what yes. this place is it fits with with him with this picture up on the wall yep. it just fits with um
3: now he was a baptist preacher so we don't know if he would have drank it <laughs> but we thought it was it's our just a way as a brew pub to yeah. like pay respect right seemed I mean, appropriate
0: you know again you know a situational drinker you know like if yeah. you you're sitting here in the tap room especially once the sun goes down and you get that glow of this place that warm kind of glow this is just perfect for the environment it uh
1: I, well, this I is our
3: number one selling cocktail.
1: Well, yeah, we pour a lot of that. And, yeah. and I've drank yeah. a few. And and it's the uh, the cherries are ungodly and then the homemade candy, yeah, the orange. And, mm-hmm. and, and like as much as we can do in-house, we do in-house, right? right? And so, uh, yeah, I mean, it might be like an owner privilege. But when I order one of <laughs> those, I'll be like, please double the cherries. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're good.
2: Good. I mean, they're Luxardo's and then they're soaked in brandy. Um, so they're delicious and boozy. Um, you know, the oranges, like he said, we candy those in-house, so, you know, peel them, cut off the, what is it, pith, piff, I always say it wrong. I think it's The piff. white part of the inside mm-hmm. of the orange, um, and candy those, so it's a process, but, you know, I'd much rather do it that way, just like we do the plums in-house, the cinnamon sticks, everything on the menu, every juice or puree you see, um, besides the guava, because I just wouldn't even know where to begin with <laughs> Ohio <plum> guava <laughs> what to do, but um, We do all of those in-house and i think that's you know it's an extra step but it's important to me just like the beer process and that process is important you know to the chef and the brewer so just doing it quality and people appreciate it and and notice a,
0: a drink that has the what i consider the proper garnish to it like you know you get this drink put in front of you and you see the cherries and you see the oranges and it starts to prepare your mind for what you're supposed Profile. to taste, and it. like, it's mm-hmm. you can find other stuff in there if you start looking, but um, you're 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 tasting it before you even bring it up to your face. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's, it's delicious. <laughs> okay. uh, I mean,
2: I see people make old fashions, and you know, to each their own, where they smash everything in the bottom and mm-hmm. then they put a bunch of soda water on top. Uh. Uh, no, <laughs> this is supposed to be very boozy. Right. That's what it's supposed to be, and you're supposed to, you know, sip it, chug it if you want. I'm not going to judge, but. I think the ice helps. You know, it smooths this out a little bit as it starts to melt, and it's easy. Dangerously easy to drink. I didn't mean to do that with all of the
3: cocktails. Yeah. It sort of happened that way. Um, it wasn't on purpose. Well I would say like ice was even a like big oh, that focus. Was a whole like conversation. we have Good what we utilize like three that. different ice. Your, your ice is specifically. Gorgeous. Uh, we yeah.
1: yeah, we have three different so uh, our primary soda ice and just general purpose. Which ice is in one of is, the cocktails is uh crushed. Crushed. Like the like pellet. The pellet side, right. which is like the Sonic Ice. And I and say like, people
3: come in obsessed about our ice. Yes. yes. That it's is that is a thing mm-hmm. for people
1: to come in and ha- make. they have water with, oh, it's like Sonic Ice, right? <laughs> it's the same brand that Sonic uses because you can find that information online. And obviously it's very reliable. Then we went with a, uh, a full cube maker, which is just a large per- square, and that's behind the bar. And then we have... Mm-hmm. Uh, Obviously, silicone molds for For the the very large ones. And I I think that, you know, if we were going to have so much attention to detail on the location and so much attention to detail on the menu and hiring and branding and customer experience, then ICE for a
0: cocktail program should naturally have some attention paid to it. Well, you see, like if you sit at a table and you have, you know, a couple friends and everybody orders a different drink and they're brought out and they're put in the you look at them and you you see they all have different types of ice, they all have different garnishes they all have these little personal touches to them it it makes the whole experience just better, it just lifts it to that next level that um, unfortunately a lot of people haven't Really figured out, you know. It's it's like walking into somewhere and you know you get your beer in a plastic cup. Yep. You know, COVID aside, I know that everybody has had to do things that are a little goofy throughout COVID, but um, you know, it, it just it changes the way you're experiencing that that, mm-hmm. that drink. Mm-hmm. And right. Well, it's a cocktail program. It's. Uh
1: know going to a place and getting a flight if they're even offering them but if they are then they pour them in the tiny little plastic cups and they're just it's not the same experience right Right. i mean there's certain things that we've done that we could have made life probably way easier on ourselves i mean our flights alone could probably be easier but the experience of getting it in what appears to be an old ammo box with our branding on it with the same size glass every single time with as close to a same pour as we can get every single time that experience then adds to you're probably going to order a full-size beer right right and then you know just cocktails like it was debates on glasses mm-hmm.
3: That's i mean thinking. it's yeah
2: i think for us you know people on the leadership team that some things are just not um are non-negotiables like we are for sure doing this at this standard and so, okay, so let's I'll talk about what the standard is. Is it going to be sometimes it gets this garnish, and if we're out of it, it doesn't? No. The standard is this, and then we you know, prepare appropriately. You know, we were just talking yesterday. So the water bottles on the tables were a big deal because we talked about, okay, if we're going to be full service, then we're not putting a water machine in the corner and somebody has to go get their own water with a plastic cup if we're already doing all these other things. And then it was the first ones we looked at, the top was blue. And I was like, nope, everything else is orange and green. We cannot have blue. Yeah, if anybody wants a, crazy. a case
1: of water bottles that I believe <laughs> has a blue top, those are in storage somewhere.
2: So then we find these that are green and orange, and we we're like, deal. So like even those things... Oh, si- silverware. Things. Oh, silverware was silverware big Silverware was, uh, I, mean, yeah. I mean... The right weight we wanted oh, it to yeah. have. Right. Yep. I mean, it looks old. Mm-hmm. It looks like it probably could have been here when people ate lunch here, like, for, for real. Yeah, weigh yeah, like a that pound way. a
1: piece, and yeah, super long lead time, but it's just, it's that. It's the, the experience of the things that you touch in a hospitality company or restaurant or brewery or w- whatever you want to do. Those add up. I mean, that adds up, and it also you know I think it if all the little touches are positive it also gives us a little bit of grace right on being new and it gives us a little bit of grace on you know what all that was great and maybe I only got one cherry right but like I'll forgive them for that because the cocktails still really right. good right yeah. so you know part of it is is just
0: you know attention to detail and well, especially in the in the brewery world I feel like um, I mean it's, definitely started to shift a little bit but there's still most places when they open up there's just not a lot of attention to stuff like that you know it's just yeah. it's like oh yeah you know, we just we need to have good beer we we know that but everything else we'll figure it out you know we'll figure it out as we go along and you know I Restaurant world, I think, because it's a much older industry. Well, I mean, depending on how you look at this, and much uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, craft breweries, um, craft breweries have not been around that long. We'll put it that way. Um, you know, you you don't get some of the leeway that I think breweries have gotten. You don't. People expect a little bit more from you when you when you open your doors. And I think that hurts this whole side of, um, what, what breweries could be, you know, like, because they get away with it. You don't, you don't have I people kind of holding them to that standard. And it's, it's shifted. I don't think every bit. brewery has to be full service. No. I don't, I don't think every brewery
1: has to, uh, you know, have the best furniture or the greatest outdoor space or the, uh, you know, whatever the, the talking point could be. Right. But I think that, uh, you know, like we've said, opening in 2020 with 72 breweries now in Cincinnati or whatever the official count is like, I mean, there is part of me that wishes I could just have been like, okay, brewing system, chain link fence and picnic tables. My God, it would have been a lot cheaper. Right. Right. And we probably would have been okay for a year. And then suddenly it's like, what am I coming back for? Right. I'm going to get everybody as a first time guest. But I'm not going to get the second, third, fourth, fifth. I'm not going to get the people that are here three times a week.
3: Yeah, I think right? it's the things we do differently that makes us have regulars of what we have. I think it's that we have food, that we do weekly features every week and things that are new in addition to our standard menu, which we've already changed once, right? We're changing that seasonally. I think those are the things that we fa- that we have cocktails, that we have wine are what bring people in that come in i mean we have we have a lot of regulars i mean we have people that tell us we have a loyalty well, app we can see well, it through I was that say, like, uh, we have a woman who told me the other day she wants to be our first person with ten thousand loyalty points i'm like well i'm doing <laughs> that means she will spend two thousand dollars in our place i'm like that's great that sounds wonderful please do that um and we'll yeah. encourage it but i mean people i think have a big yeah. I mean, kinship and connection with this place already. That was the thing
1: too. And, and I know in your show before you've talked with numerous breweries that were like, we're going to have an app, right? I made a point to not bring that up when we were on the show. <laughs> we're
0: gonna, because oh, I knew, like to...
1: one, I knew we were going to have it. But two, it was it was a process, right? And right. finding the right partner and things. But the engagement and data we get from that has been so, uh, uh, you know, we don't use it to probably nearly what we should right but just having people that come in and like can check in on your own app and mm. earn their points right and then it's like starbucks and the stars mm-hmm. right like right. starbucks isn't you know probably the best coffee in the world but it's consistent and those it's stars good go good and enough. they, yeah it's good <laughs> enough right and it goes wherever it wants right, right. so you know having an app um, having a digital check-in system, right? There, there's a lot of things, you know, we could talk about and even and change away from drinking, right? But, you know, really cocktails are the
0: thing. So I see that magically another one appeared right <laughs> in front of you. And, and this looks right up, in, mm-hmm. right in my wheelhouse. So um, this looks very tiki. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly.
2: This is kind of our island drink. And I know it's winter, but um or what it, oh, like, it, like, it was like yesterday it was. <laughs> it was in october when we yes. you know started this and but this was still on there it was so successful and just kind of fun for us to do something a little bit different than some of the traditional ones um and we went with it and it became wildly popular
0: oh yeah that's good
3: yeah i always tasty. say it tastes like vacation it tastes oh, like yeah. vacation mm-hmm. a
2: lot and I would say this one has some flavors in it that people aren't familiar with. We have a lot of people that don't know what Aperol is. Um, So like an Italian, um, you know, liqueur that's a little bit bitter. It's the bright reddish one that people see that's comparable to Campari. Um, Things like guava and tiki bitters. I mean, tiki bitters probably isn't something that a lot of people are familiar with that aren't in the cocktail world. Um, But when you taste it, you're like, oh, that makes, that makes sense to me now it works and you're like oh yeah vacation Mm -hmm. so even if you don't know what all those things are you know what lime and pineapple and rum tastes like you know so then the other ones just kind of make it a little bit of an elevated cocktail not just rum and pineapple and lime so
0: when i I like with each drink you have you have the ingredients written out for people so they 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 know what it is and they know what those those um components are but you give those those two little yep. uh, those two little you know flavor breakdowns of, of of what the drink is and you know you can kind of skim through that and say well, I want something that's you know sweet you know what's gonna fall into that mm-hmm. I want something that's um, you know maybe a little boozier and that's you know here's the ones that are can fall into that it's um, it's 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 really well done you guys yeah. thank I think you.
2: It's, uh, thank you I think mm-hmm. it's helpful like you said you can kind of skim through it's not as easy as you would think second time the second round, I was like how do we say How this? Do you say, yeah. What is a plum? Well, it's plummy, and then we it's actually a real word. So I was like,
3: "There it we'll is." Go with plummy. <laughs> there we
1: go. Well, and, and I think, and in, in you would probably be able to comment even better on this. Is like when you're going to places doing this show and looking at that cocktail menu, right? Like, number one is always going to be the base booze, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe a secondary liquor, mm-hmm. but if I'll know what I'm going to drink within the first three, right? Like four, five, six, seven. I mean, we've all been to cocktail places that. You know, it takes 15 minutes to get one drink. It's fantastic, right? But it takes a long time, and the list is an encyclopedia. You know, I'm going off a of base booze that I generally enjoy, and then the second and third word is really going to be the one that
3: flavor profile. You know, gives mm-hmm. me that
1: flavor profile. After that, then you know, maybe it's whether or not you're against egg white, which none of our cocktails have <laughs> egg whites in them. But we haven't gone there yet. We haven't gone there yet. <laughs>
3: never say never. <laughs>
0: it it also like you know when you walk in and you just see something that says oh this has rum this and this like i rum doesn't really tell me a whole lot about what this drink actually tastes like it, so it can it can be thing, like right? this it can be you know super you know fruity and tropical but you could have some kind of big heavy kind of old fashioned rum drink too
3: those are two very mm-hmm. different
0: flavor profiles and if it just says you know jamaican rum okay <laughs> Well, we made the choice, too,
3: when we re-rolled out our menu in February, Mm -hmm. that we expanded the cocktail menu. So, because we had six, I think, on our opening menu. And, like, because of feedback, we utilized data and feedback. It was, like, one thing, like, the Bloody Mary was something that people asked about. And we're like, let's, it's as simple as we put on the menu and I think we sell... A lot more of it because people just don't think like we've always had the stuff to do it and obviously we have a full bar so even if it's not on our cocktail menu if you want to you know a vodka soda we can still accommodate you in that but like we purposefully added more Mm -hmm. to it and it's I think expanded the selection and people like the options I think people like not having to think that much like you want to come here to relax (laughs) like let's make it easy enough hence okay here's what it is here's those two words that sounds perfect today
0: Thank you, thank you, thank you to the folks over at Cartridge for sitting down with me and talking about booze for a little bit. I always appreciate their hospitality and their willingness to to give me their time. I really, really enjoy what they're doing. I hope you guys have been out there to see what they're doing. If you haven't, uh, let this be kind of your kick in the butt to get out there and and do it. Because um, like I said, there is something for everybody between the beer, the food, the cocktails, the wine, Uh, just the experience of being in that building is uh, is something very unique to what's going on here in Cincinnati. So get out there and, and appreciate them because I definitely do. We'll be back. This show is definitely a show and it is definitely something that is going to become more common. I don't know if it's always going to sound like this episode. You might get lots of episodes that are just me sitting in the studio here talking about something because there is a lot of uh, booze knowledge that I wish to share with you. So stay tuned. Thank you. This was Drinking with the Gnome.